The peace of our Lord be with you. Every three years, the lectionary places in the path of the church throughout the world this morning's lesson from the book of Jeremiah. And every time it rolls back around, I tell myself that this time, uh, the sermon will rise from one of the other texts. They are, after all, so magnificent. Incredible passage from Timothy, the way it describes our faith. That amazing interaction between Jesus and the ten lepers where Jesus does, you know what Jesus does, always lifting up the foreigner for special praise and recognition. And Psalm 66, powerful confession of faith. So, every year, every three years, when I see that quartet of scriptures coming down lectionary lane, I tell myself, this time, one of the others. And then, they arrive and I find myself utterly incapable of making any of the other scriptures for the day the subject of the sermon. I think because Jeremiah's letter to the exiled people of God captures in a way that almost no other lesson of scripture does the intersection where all of us live, the intersection of clear-eyed realism and wide-eyed hope. As you know from your own reading of the Bible, Jeremiah's letter to the exiles ends in wide-eyed hope. Those verses beyond the boundaries of the lectionary text where Jeremiah says to the people of God in exile, God has plans for you. Plans not for harm but for good. To give you a future with hope. But the same letter which ends in wide-eyed hope begins in clear-eyed realism. Clear-eyed realism and wide-eyed hope. The story of my life and yours. As best we can tell, Jeremiah had been left behind in Jerusalem when the people of God were carried away captive to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar's army nearly 600 years before the birth of Jesus. Back in Jerusalem, Jeremiah had heard that there were some preachers 
among the people of God in Babylon who were telling them that the exile would soon be over. One, a prophet named Hananiah, saying that God had told him that in only two years they would be going back home and getting back to normal. A message which, needless to say, the exiled people of God in Babylon were happy to hear. But once the news of those overly optimistic sermons got back to Jeremiah, he wrote the people that letter from which we read in today's lesson, in which Jeremiah said to the people of God in exile in Babylon, do not believe those sunny side of the street preachers with their rosy promises that the exile will soon be over and you will soon be home. The exile will end, but not in two years. The exile will end in 70 years, which means that where you now are is where you will be for the rest of your lives. So you may as well settle in, build a house, and plant a garden, said Jeremiah to the exiles because if you don't build a house and plant a garden there you will never build a house and plant a garden anywhere don't put your life on hold because if you put your life on hold in Babylon you will go to your grave with your life on hold. Where you now are is where you will be. So come to terms with the life you have, said Jeremiah, because otherwise, you will end up sacrificing the only life you do have on the altar of a life you cannot have. All of which, of course, always takes me back to that unforgettable observation of Wendell Berry's, we live the given life not the planned. Life for the exiles had turned out in ways they never would have imagined or dreamed. They were living the life they had been given, which was not at all the life they had planned. As it was for them, so it is for many 
of us. This week, I prayed my way again through our church membership role, A to Z, Abel to Ziegler, pausing over each of those over 400 homes to hold for a moment in prayer all the ways that for many of us the life we have been given is very different from the life we had planned. Many of us, perhaps most of us, having to learn how to adjust to realities that are not going to adjust to us. Or as one wise voice once said, sometimes our soul has to reach a settlement with our life. The life we have not at all the same as the life we dreamed or hoped or wanted or planned. As it was for those to whom Jeremiah wrote his letter all those years ago, so it is for us. And Every time this passage of scripture rolls back around, I'm struck by what Jeremiah did not say. I keep expecting the next time it rolls back around for Jeremiah to say, if you will only pray harder or have more faith, you'll get to go back home sooner. If you'll only just pray harder and have more faith, the exile will end earlier. But for the people of God in Babylon, Jeremiah has no suggestion for how to shorten their stay in Babylon. He only has an idea about how they might deepen their stay in Babylon. Build a house, plant a garden, come to terms with the life which is yours to live and live into it as deeply, fully, and faithfully as you can. For many of us, that is the way forward. The life we have is the life we have. And our calling is to live into that life as deeply fully and faithfully as we can, getting up every morning as though each new day of our life is the next new day of creation, 
choosing all over again with each new day to live a life of kindness and courage, clarity and compassion, hospitality and welcome, gentleness and empathy, grace and truth. Clear-eyed realism tells us that we can do that. We might not be able to go back and get the life we wanted, but we can live deeply, fully, and faithfully the life we have. And we can do it with wide-eyed hope, knowing that because God is who God is, Ultimately, God is going to wring whatever good can be wrung from this life of ours. I think many of us start out in life believing that we have to choose between clear-eyed realism and wide-eyed hope we're always sacrificing one on the altar of the other. But if you walk in the Spirit long enough, if you walk in the Holy Spirit long enough and live whatever life you have to live prayerfully enough and carefully enough, there finally comes a day when you no longer feel any tension or difference between clear-eyed realism and wide-eyed hope. They're just inextricably tangled up together. And we go through life being absolutely Realistic, not lying to ourselves or anybody else about the way life is, while simultaneously being filled with the wide-eyed hope which tells us at the deep down center of our souls that God is with us and God is for us. And because God is who God is, God is going to wring whatever good there is to be wrung from the hardest and worst that life brings. That is our faith. That is where we live at the intersection of clear-eyed realism and wide-eyed hope.